Welcome back to Two Birds, One Stone, an Arizona Cardinals podcast. This is the second annual bye week extravaganza. All right. You pumped for the bye week? Yes, bye week, bye week. Do you know why the bye week rules? Um, because we don't have to watch the Cardinals lose. Hey, you got it, baby. <laughs> we don't have to watch the Cardinals lose. And you know, if you're if you're an avid uh, two birds, one stone listener. You remember last year's bye week extravaganza? We were nine and two. We were rolling into the bye. We just beat the Bears in Chicago. Kyler's healthy. Hop is healthy. There was a lot of umph behind it. We had fucking Johnny Venerable from the PHNX podcast on here. That's big a big time. hit. That's big Good hair. You know what else? We we got we got another guest for you guys today. There's there's a lot less umph behind it. We're four and eight. We are a bad football team now. But it's the umph is not due to our guest. Our guest was awesome, uh, Jason yeah, Hayes. This was bad. He's he's um, he was awesome. He was great. Cool accent. Um, super nice guy. Um, I think you guys will love the interview. Yeah, he did. He did awesome. Very well informed. He knows what he's talking about. I said it in the, in the interview, but once again, give him a follow at Jason Hayes NFL and also at No Context Cards. That's also his page. Um, does good stuff. Very good content from him. Um, we got into a bunch of things, but I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about that we didn't talk about in the in the interview? I mean, we got Patriots coming up Monday Night Football. After that, we get to see Russ and the Broncos in Denver. Um, looking forward to, to seeing the Cardinals smash the Patriots. Hopefully that happens because That'll the be Patriots have a lot of money um, here a couple weeks back. Um, so that will be nice. Hopefully mm-hmm. – I want to see like Zappy come in and then like do really bad. And his rep just gets torn to shreds because he lost the game for him. Um, But yeah. And then also our, our only featured buddy of has the only buddy that's been featured on the podcast is a Patriots Patriots fan. fan. That's right. Yep. Maybe we'd have him on again. Maybe if he's lucky, we have him on and sees, see if he likes the taste of a loss. Well, yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We're down to the home stretch, ladies and gents. Five games left. <sighs> what can you say? It's been a long season. At this point in the season, we're rooting for like three things. A, new uniform announcement. Oh, can't wait. B, some sort of Sean Payton hiring. And C, a mix of like a of a Steve Kime maybe firing or like a big um, like a, maybe a Hollywood Brown extension, um, you know, a, a couple things like that to look out for. That's kind of what we're in the market for. for the rest we're not of the asking rest. for much. Give nope. us new fucking uniforms. That's yep. all I, if I don't, we'll keep Cliff and Kyle. I don't care. Give me new uniforms. Fuck it. You're yep. probably not going to fire him anyway. You just gave him the extension. Give me some new goddamn uniforms yep. and ring in a new era, baby. Um, yep. All right. I guess we'll get into the interview after. Ooh, baby. After I read a quick DraftKings ad. I almost forgot. That would have been bad. We love you, DraftKings. I love DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. They've got same-game parlays, easy and fast payouts, player prop options, all of the works. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. 
Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals, and much, much more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I always have to slow down at that last part. It's a tongue twister. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions? That's a lot. I feel like I got That's a lot. cotton mouth. Like Anywho. Like I said, I really hope you guys enjoyed the interview. Jason was awesome. Hope to have him back on soon. Uh, final mm-hmm. words, Garrett? Um, no. <laughs> no. Nope, not a one. All <laughs> right. Go Birds, guys. Enjoy the interview. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, download. Peace. We are now going to welcome on the founder of the very successful Twitter account, No Context Cards. Go get a follow if you haven't already. If you're not following that page and listening to this show, I, I, I doubt there's many people that don't follow it already. But um, he's also a contributor to the Irish NFL show, Jason Hayes. Welcome on, Jason. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> um, first off, I'm not like a big Guinness drinker. Is that is the interview going to be able to continue from here on out? Is that okay? Is that a deal breaker? or? You know what the, the the quality of Guinness declines rapidly when you leave Ireland. So um, <laughs> if you're ever in Ireland, be sure to get one. And I think your mind might change there. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'll, I'll leave it past. <laughs> Good deal. Um, I was. I'm glad that you have an accent because that might have been the main reason we had you on. I was like, okay, this guy's from Irish. That's going to sound really fucking cool in the podcast. So I'm glad to hear that. If you didn't have the accent, we might have just had to move on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from I'm from Cork, which is down south. So we have a habit of talking really fast. So if, if you just don't understand what I'm saying, just tell me to repeat myself. I'll have to it's tell okay. you to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you, you're from Ireland. I have to ask, because obviously there's no NFL teams there. How is the connection to the Arizona Cardinals? Like, where the hell did that come from? Because out of all the teams, the 32 teams you could have picked, the Cardinals have to be in about the bottom five or so in terms of, like, history of success. I got to know where that came about. Yeah, even like geographically, they're the furthest from Ireland as well. <laughs> like they're literally like the bottom bottom left of America. Um, but yeah, just well in terms of like starting to follow the sport in general. At first, uh, my brother was always a big fan, um, and he used to play a bit of American football too. He still does. Uh, there's actually a few like amateur teams in Ireland, oh, I so I just have memories of Sunday nights being dominated with just NFL on the television, and I didn't care for. It at the start you know I was, yeah didn't really understand the sport fully so it took me a while to get into it um but when I eventually did it was kind of just a matter of picking a team and uh my parents happened to be on holiday in New York and they just randomly picked up an NFL jersey for me it happened to be a Matt Leinart jersey oh no <laughs> I know yeah so uh Matt Leinart's the reason I followed the Cardinals in a way of all of all the Cardinals to make you fall in love with the team, it's Matt Liner. <laughs> I know. It's probably fitting, to be fair, though. I mean, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. How does that work? The the amateur, like, is there high school football? I would imagine in Ireland, is it just like youth camps, or like how how does that work? It's just completely. Uh, there's like twelve teams in the country. Um, oh, wow. I'm not not entirely sure how it started now, but um, I think it's roughly t- ten or twelve teams or something like that, and. Uh, 
just completely amateur, you know, they're always recruiting, trying to get more people to, to sign up. Um, and there's a, we call it the Shamrock Bowl every year. It's like our Super Bowl. Wow. Uh, where it's, I think it's kind of a league format. I've never actually played myself now as my brother plays, uh, but it's kind of a league format until the end. Then there's playoffs and uh, Shamrock Bowl up in Dublin. But it's definitely getting bigger the last few years. Um, it's obviously one of our more niche sports over here. Um, but just the buzz of the NFL and everything happening over in London and stuff is just having a trickle-down effect, and I suppose it's causing even the amateur game to grow. Um, and there's actually European Championships as well recently where the Irish team went down to Madrid in Spain uh, to play against Spain. And there's some some of the quality in Europe is a bit better. There's some semi-pro teams. Um, so it's def- you can definitely see it growing um, year by year. That's pretty awesome. So, like, as a kid, what is that presence like of the NFL? Because obviously, I'm sure it's grown. But, like, obviously, you said your parents came over and your brother. But, like, if your brother didn't play, like, did you have friends that were also interested in the NFL or, like, or football at all? Or, or were you kind of, like, because, <clears throat> like, in America, there's really only, like, a couple of my buddies are really big into soccer. Like, but there's mm-hmm. not, like, that cult following. It's all football over here. So, were you kind of an outlier in that sense, being an NFL fan? At the beginning, yeah, I was, I was probably one of the first fans uh, just out of my friend group and stuff. Um, but it's just growing so much. Like I have a group chat now. There's about, I'd say, about twelve of us. We all we all have a fantasy football league going and stuff like that. Um, and like some of our friends are hooked. It's such an addictive sport once you actually understand <laughs> it and actually get into it. Like, uh, like I used to be a big soccer fan, um, but like NFL has just completely taken over now, and that's just my main priority. I, couldn't That's give two, two shits. Oh, sorry for swearing. <laughs> no, you can say, fuck, bitch, fuck shit, bitch. <laughs> whatever you want. Doesn't yeah. matter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't give two flying fucks about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, no, that's awesome to hear because you always see the commercials. You always see like grow the game and all that kind of stuff, but you never really, I mean, we're not there. So you never know what kind of a presence it really has. Cause like I said, it it's obviously dominated here for, for however long it's been founded. So that's cool. Um, I guess we'll get into your your Twitter page now. No context cards. It's humongous. It's like I said, one of the more followed like Cardinals based Twitter accounts. And like I wanted to know how you really got that started. When did you really start to see it pick up and and kind of grow? I mean, the Cardinals official page follows you. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that was cool. When I uh, Darren Irvin and the Cardinals page followed me on like the same day, so I was like, "Geez, we're making it now." <laughs> but uh, um. I suppose, I suppose I don't know how my friend actually is a Dolphins fan and I'll have to give him the credit because he sent up, set up a out of context Dolphins page first yeah. um, so be sure to give that a follow as well if there's any Dolphins fans <laughs> um, but yeah he kind of he got the idea and then two days later I was like ah feck it I'll go with you I'll, I'll try it as well and they're both <laughs> oh yeah I've I think it's gone over 6,000 now he has like 7,000 odd followers on his page so it really has worked more than we initially planned like we just kind of did it for fun on the side there seems to be a no context version of every account nowadays right. so we said why not we'll try we'll try it um and i suppose when it started getting big was really the start of last season it kind of grew a small bit in the first season i i set up and what's that now i'm losing track 20 2020 i think i set it up yeah. um but last season with the seven and all start the better the team is doing generally, the better the account does because people are excited yeah, exactly. and there's good moments to share. Whereas there hasn't been too much of that this season, so it's slowed down a bit. Yeah, I mean, we we started this podcast and it was like, uh, it was the first year doing it last year. And it seemed like 
after every win, it would get bigger and bigger and we'd have more and more listeners. And by the end of the season, it was like our audience was half of what it was when we were seven. zero. it's like, People don't seem to hear want to hear as much about how your team sucks as when yeah. you're you're kind of killing it. And, it's completely and understandable. Like Our even... video would have been the, the 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 first loss that they had against Green Bay. That was like our most listened. And after that, it was like bam, straight to the bottom. None. They just wanted to hear all the. Yeah. Yeah. So. I suppose it's understandable. Like yeah, like I can even this season now I can feel myself just losing interest. Yeah. Like I, I oh, can't yeah. even bring. I didn't even bother watching Hard Knocks during the week now. Yeah. I've just kind of accepted that the season is a failure and uh, I definitely don't consume as much NFL content myself when things aren't going good. Yeah, it's definitely tough. I do the same thing. So like I, I listen to a bunch of American like football, like, pardon my take. I don't know if you know what that's mm. a barstool sports. So yeah. like they recap every game. Whenever the Cardinals lose, I just, I don't listen to it. I don't want to hear about all the Kyler video game jokes and he's short and cliffs of butt. It's like, I'd rather just kind of tune all that out. But after yeah. a win, that's the first thing I want to go listen to. It's like, yes, let's go. Let me hype them up. Oh, I was so they the they beat the Saints on Thursday night football, and that was the one episode they didn't or the game they didn't even talk about that week. And I was like, Are you fucking shitting me? Like, they <laughs> finally win a game, a primetime game, and you don't even get to hear a recap about it. But yeah, business is booming when the Cardinals are good. When they're not, we are we're scrapping and clawing a little bit. So uh um, Twitter can get a become a bit hostile there at times, like can't it? Just, <laughs> just constant arguments these days. I, I'm trying to even use Twitter less myself. I know. I could just post a simple photo, no comments or anything on the on the Twitter account, and it just set, sets off arguments with everyone, saying, yeah. "Oh, he should be fired. He should be caught. He should be." I don't, I don't like that kind of element of it. Oh, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, I seen I seen one of the ones you you quote tweeted today about a, a guy just jumping at somebody for no reason, telling him to shut the fuck oh, up, yeah. whatever, and you're yeah. just like. That why you wouldn't say that to that guy's face. So what do you do? What are you doing right now uh, behind your screen, like calling this guy out for just a, a football opinion? Like it's exactly, not, yeah. It's not like, the end of the world. Take, we suck anyway. It doesn't matter at this point. The season's done. So what? What's to get all butthurt about it at this point? So yeah, no, it, that's always an interesting uh, uh, dynamic for sure. Um, so that's how you became a Cardinals fan, um, and that's how you started No Context Cards. I recently, I actually followed No Context Cards first. And then it seemed, I don't know, was it about a year, year and a half ago? You kind of, I'm sure you already had the page. You you kind of came out from behind that account and started to grow your personal one, which I love. If you don't follow now, at Jason Hayes NFL, one of the more level-headed Cardinals follows, always good content. When did you when did you start trying to kind of get that thing going? Um, I, I suppose I just kind of, I had the no context card on his account and I almost felt a bit restrained that I'm, I'm not being true to the account. If yeah, I share no my opinions you on can't add context. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there was the odd tweet. I would just go on a rant or whatever and then people would call me out for using context. Um, <laughs> so I said, yeah, I said, why not just give it a go and uh, try it with my own, my own name, put my own face to my opinions, which feels a bit risky at times. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just enjoy like as much as I enjoy sitting down for the three hours and watching the game on Sundays, um, I just think the NFL is so much more than that. There's so much layers to it, and you can just dive into stats. And uh, I, I do a bit of writing about it on the side as well. Um, so I just, I just enjoy how there's a game every Sunday, and you can spend the next three days thinking about that game and looking at that game, and then the next, the rest of the week is looking towards the next game. 
Um, whereas with other sports, I don't generally feel as immersed um, in the sport as that. I just kind of see, you know, I sit down and watch a match and then forget about it. Right. Um, but I suppose, yeah, just the, the Twitter accounts with my with my face on it now is just a way of um, putting all that energy into, into something, there. I suppose. Yeah. 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 I mean, I have my own, like I have my personal like Red Sea Trent. That's like my Cardinals page. And then I got my own like personal whatever that I've had since I was a eighth grader or whatever it was when Twitter first started growing. And that's, I mean, we started this. I mean, we're from Missouri, so it's not where oh. middle of the country, Arizona's way over there. So like, there's not a whole lot of Arizona Cardinals fans around us. And obviously you can relate to that being from Ireland and now Toronto, right? That's where you're located. Yeah. Yeah. Just moved yeah. out this year. So it's like, okay, we'll get this thing going. We'll kind of create, I would, I want to hear from other Cardinals fans. All we can do is sit on the couch together and kind of bullshit with each other. We kind of wanted to grow a little bit and kind of yeah. hear and sit down. Like this is probably one of my favorite things about doing the show. Like we've had uh, uh, AZ sports feet, Mac, uh good Twitter follower. I don't know if you know who he is, but we've had him on a couple of times. Yeah. We had Johnny Venerable from PHNX. Now you, it's awesome to be able to have this ability to be like, hey, I'll send you a DM. Hey, you want to get on and shoot the shit about the Cardinals for a half hour or so? Like, sure, let's do it. Like, that's one of the good things. Um, and like you said about the week-long process, it's a constant storyline, whether it's talking about the last game or jumping to the next. It's like a soap opera that you got 18 weeks and there's a new episode every every week and you just keep going and now with hard knocks it kind of literally yeah <laughs> throws throws gas on the fire and makes it even worse but <laughs> so how did you are you both from arizona originally how, how, how we're did from, you go ahead garrett um well we're both from southeast missouri um it's like well, we're like an hour uh hour and a half south of st louis um and then i, I don't know if you know or not but the cardinals were from st louis i guess yeah. that, I was that trend early. They left in eighty five or eighty six, maybe yeah, eighty seven, something like that. Late eighties. Fan of them, so naturally we got cursed into being a fan of them as well. Whenever they moved, and he, we all just kind of latched on. Um, so we've we've been a fan ever since. I mean, it wouldn't have really done us much better if we were Rams fans. I mean, the, they left St. Louis anyway, and then well, yeah, now I guess ever since the one in St. Louis and the one now, so we so would have been doing better. Ours are now. We would have a couple Super Bowls, but that's. Whatever. They're what are they three and nine now? They're the worst defending Super Bowl champs of all time. Fuck them. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather that. not have a Super Bowl trophy though. But sure, sure. No, they look terrible. But um, I guess we'll get into the season now. Um, what if you were to pick like one thing out of the overarching theme of this season? Like, what has been the main issue with the 2022 Arizona Cardinals? So I think. I think it's so hard to just put it on one issue. And I think a lot of people try to pin it all on one thing, whether it's Cliff, uh, you have your people blaming it on Kyler, on Kaim. Um, I just think it's a little of everything. And yeah. the in- injuries, I don't like using it as an excuse, but it's just unavoidable the amount of injuries we've had this year in key positions too, like left tackle DJ Humphreys, right. uh, Byron Murphy having a great year. Um, defense is missing him greatly. Like um, interior O line, Kyler himself, Hopkins obviously with the suspension, and then Marquise Brown. It just feels like straight away from training camp, we came into the start of the season with a like a ridiculously long injury report, and we just haven't been able to shake that at all as the year has gone on. Um, so that's definitely hampered things. 
um, to a degree. But then stepping away from that as an excuse, um, the, t- the execution on the field hasn't been good enough. Um, and Cliff's play calling also has held the team back a bit, I think. I think he, I don't think it's as simple as saying Cliff is an idiot and he should be fired. I do think he's right. good qualities too. Like, I think his scheme can work when there's a healthy offense on the field. It's just a very talent dependent scheme that needs the likes of Hopkins You've seen it and Brown. We've seen it work before. So, yeah, yeah you're not off yeah. base there. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think he hurts himself when it does come to play calling and just some bizarre calls, whether we're down in the red zone and we just call a pointless wildcat that takes the ball out of Kyler's hands and or just just kind of stuff trying to trying to be too clever or something. Right. There's definitely yeah, I, that go ahead. I I think uh kind of watching him as his career's kind of progressed with the Cardinals is my biggest thing is I feel like like in, in the big situations he just seems to he he tends to crumble at times. Um he it, it just seems like he, he kind of sorts to or he, he he just seems to kind of spaz out like you see Kyler running towards him, calm the fuck down, calm the fuck down. I feel like that's kind of an insight to what some some players in the locker room feel, maybe. Um, but I, I from the outside looking in, I just feel like he he tends to kind of spaz out in in the big moments or in you know if they if they need a first down or if they need to convert on a fourth down, it it seems like he he can tend to spaz out a little bit. I'll never yeah. forget the the wild card game. Like you just saw him on the sideline when they got down a score or two. Like even just the way he stood there and was just rocking and like holding that play sheet, shaking. Like look at like he just looked like it was in too big for his britches. Like he just didn't he didn't have a grasp. He was he was out of his element. Like it, it just looked like the moment was a little too big. And that was just and, kind of a sign of things to come for this season, I guess. But like okay. you said. I'm a Cliff. I'm a Cliff believer. I like Cliff. Me and me and Trent have talked about it here in the past previous episodes. We like Cliff, uh, especially this Hard Knocks. I think has, has been a good little press run for him. Um, his his personality's cool. You know, he's 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 sleek. He's cool. He's he's a he seems like he's a player's coach. It just um, it's something is missing. It seems, but like you said, um, his his schemes seem to work. Like we saw in the in the most previous game in that first half. I mean, that was one of the best Cardinal offenses I've seen in a long time. You know, when stuff works and when players are healthy, it it, it works. Um, we just have to A, stay healthy, and B, I think it's key for Cliff to be put, uh, to be have a lead in games. It doesn't seem like he does very well whenever he's behind. It's just when you get off script, it seems like when he has – when he has a good 15, 20 plays, like all coaches do heading into a game, it seems like once we get out of that area and we don't have the lead, everything kind of crumbles. If you got yeah. a lead of a touchdown or 10 points, it can hold. You've got to commit to the run and can like don't stray too far away from the original plan. It seems like once there's a, a deficit of a touchdown, two touchdowns, everything gets too out of whack, too frazzled. So I don't know. Where do you stand on, on Cliff as a whole? Like, I guess that's the next question. How do we fix this in the off season? Are you, are you get rid of Cliff guy or Cliff or Kime or both? Or what do you see? Um, I think ultimately the way I'm looking at it, I'm trying to imagine a scenario where Bidwell hasn't given um, these extensions this, this past off season. And then I'm, asking the question, okay, well, would I extend them at the end of this year based on what we've seen just in this imaginary world where they aren't under contract already? Uh, and I think just after the season, I think the answer would ultimately be no. Right. So essentially, yes, I do think he has to go. 
um, especially if there is a proven product like Sean Payton actually interested. I know that just sure. could just be complete bullshit now, like, but sure. um, if there's a guy like him out there who's proven he can win and has proven he can do it, I don't think there's a single GM or owner in the league who would choose Cliff over him. Right. Uh, so I think Bidwell needs to just leave those contracts to the side when he's making that decision. Um, as far as Kime goes, I think he's struggled massively in the drafts over the past few years. But in a weird way, I think despite this 4-8 record, this season has actually been one of Kime's better years uh, in terms of those young guys developing. Like you've the likes of Zach Allen, uh, Byron Murphy, mm-hmm. Marco Wilson, um, Isaiah Simmons James is finally Thompson. yeah yeah coming up exactly yeah Stephen Collins as well. Basically, they're all defensive players, um, which is kind of I don't see many offensive players having the same development. So I kind of you you wonder there whether it's a coaching thing, not being able to get these guys up to speed, or if they're just right. bad draft picks from the start. Because um, it does take these young guys a long time to get a, a, f- a full role carved out for them in the team. That's an interesting point because we had talked about in the past about these young receivers that come in. And Rondale, when healthy this season, he's shown flashes. But there's a track record here of Keyshawn Johnson's and Hakeem Butler's and Andy Isabella's and Rondale Moore's where you take these guys and the young guys just can't get on the field. Is the scheme too complicated? Is the coaching not getting them to a point where they can produce and be successful or are they just busts and it's that on con. So it's kind of a, like you said, it it's hard to point the blame at one person when it comes to those kind of things. But when you see the I, likes of, when you see the likes of Robbie Anderson, then though, like he, we, we know what he can do and he has the potential yet again. He, it's just, they're so slow at bringing these guys up to speed and getting them on the field. You just wonder yeah. why, like, is it just a trust thing? Um, or is it is it, yeah is the scheme here too complicated as you said yeah like what do we give up a fifth rounder for him like we just, just waste, here yeah. we'll just give away a fifth rounder for my favorite stat was through three games he had uh one catch for negative four yards or something like that <laughs> it was like how in the hell what are we even doing yeah. here but another stat i think he has two receptions now yeah, there we you traded go. away two draft picks for him so we've <laughs> a pick per reception <laughs> a catch for each pick there we go <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it's hard to point the finger at one thing, and like you said, but like at least towards like during these last five games, as you sit back and watch, like is there anything that can happen to where you're like, okay, I saw this, that gives me a little more hope heading into next season. I think with with Kyler Murray as a quarterback, you should always be in contention. Um, so Kyler Murray is my hope, and he's, I'm not like blind to say that he's not the problem because he has regressed a bit this year and he has a few few too many bad games. Uh, I think his deep ball in particular has just been off all year. Uh, I remember the wrist injury in preseason, so some are kind of suspecting that that might right. be affecting his accuracy. But like in his first three years in the league, he could not miss on those deep balls. They, they were just the most... He was one of the best in the league. Touched. Yeah, yeah they, they were, yeah. Um, so I, something's happened there. I can't remember... I can't recall a single deep like down the middle or down the sideline reception like maybe the odd back shoulder fade here and there but just like taking the top off a of defense has been non-existent this year um but i think kyler murray deandre hopkins and marquise brown on the opposite side whether they resign brown now you think they would after giving up a first round pick from yeah you have if, to yeah if three of those guys are healthy and on the field then 
I mean, there's, it's got to be one of the uh, more appealing destinations for what, if we are looking for a coach or anything like that. The roster can win if we could just be healthy and um, yeah. just be more consistent. And I know it's easier said than done, but just less of these drive-killing mistakes and penalties. Yeah. Well, that was uh, kind of one of my main points from last week was, I mean, it was there were things um, that looked good on the offense, especially with the key players. Kyler did have a little bit of a spark. You had Hopkins making crazy plays. Uh, Marquise Brown had six catches. The run game was effective. And then even, like you said, on the defensive side of the ball, you've got these young guys that are making plays out there. So in a way, you lost the game. That's a loss. But you looked good for a a possible head coach, possibly kind of appealing for a Sean Payton or a D'Amico Ryans or one of those types of sought-after candidates. But you also played bad enough to lose. And sorry, Cliff, get your get your head coach fired. So at, that's kind of what I'm looking. I would ho- I hope to see more of that. You don't want to root for your team to lose. If they rattle off whatever five straight, and we end up nine and eight, that would be awesome. Great, sign me up. But we all have been watching this team. We know that's not likely to happen. So if we are able to put a put together a decent showing while still losing enough games to get us to move on from this current regime. That's probably my best case scenario. So that's. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I, I'm never going to root against the team and I do want them to win no matter how meaningless these wins are. But in a way, we could be looking back on that game against the Chargers and thinking, OK, that was that was a perfect result in a way. Yeah, like, we got a, we got a lockdown lines. corner at pick six because of it or a, or a stud yeah. tackle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, uh, I think this offseason, I'm just. I'd be fully behind just investing as much as you can in the O-line because I think that has ultimately held the, the offense back uh, yeah. more than anything else. Uh, and I know it has been very injury depleted, but obviously we'll have, we'll have a few guys retiring probably this, this off season. Humphreys will be coming back uh, off his injury and he's playing great ball, play, still playing some of the best football of his career. But, um, you know, these could be, I don't know, could it be long, more, a more long-term thing? I don't know how serious right. the back injury is, but it's been serious enough to keep him out half the year. Right. Um, so I, I I think as much money and draft capital in the offensive line, I'd be I'd be happy with. I wasn't going to bring it up, but Josh Jones has actually played pretty well yeah. in in Humphrey's absence, but it seems like he isn't playing well at right tackle. So like, I was going to ask what would you do with it, but I don't know if anyone here has an answer for that. But I mean, that's one of the bright spots of the past few few games that Humphreys has been out Josh Jones has played really well and that's a third round pick uh, a higher pick that's actually performing but now you just don't know what to do with him you already paid Humphreys there's no way you can probably cut him and get out of that deal and save a little bit of money so that's just an interesting little uh, tidbit on the offensive line like I said yeah two people are probably retiring Justin Pugh had to get dragged out of retirement it seems like at this point Rodney Hudson I think has already retired we just don't know yet that seems to be kind of my guess on the situation. So lots of questions there up front for sure. Um, what do we want to close with? Do we want to talk about the the All Things Covered podcast? Should I even said the said the name out loud with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden? Kyler Murray is talking about, and, and I don't like how he's doing that. I think he should keep some things privately, but it tells me he doesn't care about his, co- his head coach. And he's putting everything on the head coach, basically saying Kyler Murray don't care about nobody but Kyler Murray. <laughs> That's just a matter of the fact. 
I want to say one thing about it. I, I know you can't tell yet because our this is just our Zoom screen. That podcast has the shittiest graphics I've ever seen in my life. That's an NFL player. You think you'd be able to afford uh, a little bit uh, in the graphics department, but it looks like shit. It sounds like shit. Just a quick. I think we got a few minutes left. Your quick thoughts on the on the Kyler Murray Patrick Peterson beef before we go here. Uh, well, f- first of all, I think Peterson shouldn't be airing that in public, and it's clear what he is trying to do. He's trying to grow that shitty looking podcast um, <laughs> but I, I, I like i'm i'm big kyle murray defender and i will defend him uh where i think he's getting unjustly criticized in the media uh which he often is he's often being taken out of context and i mean that's my job like they should How be ironic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um but there comes a point where you do have to accept that, okay, there is something going on here that Patrick Peters, he wouldn't be saying this for absolutely no reason. Like he clearly has some basis for, for having this opinion on Kyler. Um, that said, he was with the team two years ago. So I assume Kyler has grown a lot since then. Kel, I only saw a tweet there just before I came on. I was about uh, to bring that up, yeah. talked about it, yeah. Um, and in his comment as well implies that, okay, this was a, a bit of a common thought, but he has improved since then. Yeah. Um, and he's acknowledging that Kyler Murray is actively working on it and becoming better in those areas. Um, so it's clear that he has room to improve there. And I think he is improving. And as long as he's putting in the time and effort to make that better, uh, whatever whatever way he could achieve that, um, I think is a good thing. Right. But, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a it's a it's a been a slow growth for Kyle. Not as not as quickly as I think we'd all like to see, because we all see the athletic ability in that. The, he was the league MVP favorite through half the season last year. We've seen what it can be. It's just that part of the game that's kind of been stagnant. Where, and there, like I said, there's been there's been enough smoke where there's probably a little bit of fire. And even you pointed out the play this season has regressed a little bit. But that doesn't mean we all need to kick him while he's down, like Peterson has, or the rest of the media seems to love to do at this point. It's just something that has to continue to get better. And if it doesn't, then well, he signed through 2028, so we'll just have to put up with that and live with the freakish talent that we have at quarterback. And maybe, I don't know, DeAndre Hopkins or James Conner or one of these other guys can be the vocal leader that we need in the locker room. Who knows? Or fuck, Sean Payton can be the vocal leader. That's I Sign me up for that. Yeah, I'm sure. That's like just like a dream scenario. Sean Payton working with that kind of talent. Oh, could you imagine? He'd be like mm-hmm. Drew, Drew Brees who can you know, obviously do a lot more running the juries. Um, so yeah, sign me up for that. If that's what it comes to. I mean, that was his, his favorite little toy was Taysom Hill. Imagine Taysom, having Taysom Hill uh, shrunk down just a little bit, but a hundred times the arm talent and quarterback ability. There you go. That's Kyler Murray. And he loves his tape. We've seen that clip from two years ago, which I'm sure he still stands behind. I'm sure he hasn't paid any attention to any of the negative press that's came out since then. But no, I, I I think we'd all accept that if that were to be the Cardinals' fate. But Garrett, any last questions for our friend um, here? I have kind of an off-base Ireland question. So I don't know if Ireland has a king and queens, but I imagine if there was, is Conor McGregor the king of Ireland or is he like a prince? How's that work? <laughs> um. Well, Ireland doesn't have a king and queen anyway. That's we won't go down that route because the English, if they had their way, it might be different. But um, I, Conor, Conor McGregor is very—he's uh, like 
what's it, Marmite, is it? Um, like some people love him, some people hate him. Yeah. In Ireland, it's so Irish. The Irish in general were very soft spoken. We're all, no, nobody likes someone who's too cocky and stuff like this. So Conor, Conor McGregor is the complete opposite of that, obviously. Um, <laughs> personally, I find I find some of the stuff he says and does funny, and I don't take it too seriously. Um, but it is a very mixed. Like my brother will say, the complete opposite. Now he hates uh, Conor McGregor. Um, anything that you have to ask us, Jason, to, before we before we let you go? No, just uh, you know, I, I follow you guys as well, and I'm a big fan of your of what you do. So keep it going. Um, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me on again. Well, you'll will you come on again if we ask? We might have to have you on for maybe a, a draft preview or a, a Cliff is fired celebration show. Would you be down <laughs> for that? Yeah, I'll bring the Guinness. I'll bring the Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that shit at home. I don't need that. No, <laughs> All right, good deal. Well, that was Jason Hayes. Again, follow him at No Context Cards on Twitter, um, at Jason Hayes NFL. Um, and we appreciate you coming on, brother. Have a good one. That's good. Thanks.